How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host. Let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.03 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, on a, another steamy Sunday morning here in Western New York. we got a great show lined up for you today, as today is the, I believe, 24th running of the Brickyard, or excuse me, 23rd running of the Brickyard 400, or as it's officially known, Crown Royal presents the Combat Wounded Coalition 400. I'm going to stick to the short-form name of today's race, and uh, we'll be previewing that race here on the program for you this morning as uh, we'll have it live on WGR coverage coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon, courtesy of the co-production by the IMS Radio Network and the Performance Racing Network. They kind of share the duties for this one. We'll have the race at 2 o'clock today, pre-race at 2, green flag just after 3 o'clock this afternoon, and it is quite a race. The on While the on-track action might not be all that exciting this afternoon, there's still a lot to talk about with today's race. Coming up on today's program, we'll have lots of time for your phone calls at 803-0550-1888-550-2550. Which storyline are you more interested in today? Jeff Gordon coming back to drive the 88, filling in for an injured Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, coming out of retirement, and a big what-if if Jeff Gordon could somehow pull off an upset and win today at Indianapolis. Are you more interested in that or the fact that Tony Stewart will be making his final start at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, at least in a stock car, as he competes in today's Brickyard 400 and has a good shot at it today as he rolls off third? Uh, which one of those storylines are you more interested today if you're going to be tuning in to the race? Also, Gordon Nation, Jeff Gordon fans, I especially want to hear from you. What are your feelings about this? This You had all of last year to have the big farewell tour, you know, just to every track that Jeff went to for the final time, there was that big pomp and circumstance, and every track gave him a, a gift. You know, the, the one track gave him ponies for his kid and all the other stuff he got all last season. And now, after all that, he's getting back behind the wheel of the car. Do you feel gypped? because you had that whole great season last year and now it turns out he's coming back. Are you just excited that you get to see him race two more times with today at Indianapolis and, of course, next week at Pennsylvania? Um, uh, did you did you spend money? Did you purposely go to a race last year knowing that you thought it would be the last time you would see Jeff Gordon race in person? Do you feel maybe a little upset by that, that he's coming back like this. I would really like to hear from some Jeff Gordon fans here this morning uh, on the show. In a couple of minutes, we're going to hear from Jeff Gordon, actually. Uh, no, not live or anything, but we're going to go back to Friday because he had a press conference at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He and Rick Hendrick did, and uh, some interesting thoughts from Jeff, so we're going to play some of those comments here in just a little bit on the program. Also, coming up on today's show at the bottom of the hour, our good buddy Clinton Jeffrey from the uh, Humberstone and Oshweek and Speedways and the Super Dirt Car Series is going to join us. Clinton is 
He's a hardworking man these days. Not only is he taking on the role as one of the new uh, series announcers for the Super Dirt Car Big Block Modified Series, taking over for Shane Andrews, uh, he's also uh, still running the show at the Ashwikin Speedway and the Humberstone Speedway. So he's in a busy stretch. He spent two days at Eldora with the Big Blocks, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, then went to the Sharon Speedway on Thursday. And then he ran uh, uh, the show at Ashwikin on Friday night. And then tonight he'll be at Humberstone. They've got the Go Nuclear Late Models tonight at Humberstone. And then Monday and Tuesday at Ashwikin, he is going to be hosting uh, Casey Kane who's going to be racing with the sprint cars at Ash Weekend on both Monday and Tuesday night. One of those is a World of Outlaws show, too. So uh, Casey Kane is going to be racing sprint cars just to uh, up to the north of Buffalo at the Ash Weekend Speedway near Hamilton. Uh, so very, very, very busy time for Clinton, and uh, we're going to talk to him about that. We'll get um, – because he was part of the reason – he got Casey to come to us week, and it all started with a very interesting Twitter exchange. So we'll talk to Clint about that and also get his get a recap of the uh, big block modified races at Eldora. That was a big part of the uh, the truck race at Eldora on Wednesday night. We'll talk more about that, too. But again, 803-0551, 888-550-2550. Today's Brickyard 400. Uh, Kyle Busch, the defending race winner, looking to go for the sweep at the Brickyard for the second year in a row. Last year won the Xfinity race and then won the Cup race. He's already off to a similar start this year as he won yesterday's Xfinity Series race. Now he's looking to double up once again. He will lead the field to green. He is joined on the front row by his Joe Gibbs Racing teammate, Carl Edwards. Tony Stewart, impressive qualifying run for Stewart as the 14 team really rolling right now. Ever since they won that race at Sonoma, the, they have been on a tear. He'll start, start third today along with Denny Hamlin. So you got Gibbs cars in three of the top four spots. Uh, Brad Keselowski, Ryan Newman in row three, Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex in row four, Jamie McMurray, former winner of this race, Kyle Larson, rounding out your top ten starters. Kyle Larson won the Truck Series race at Eldora on Wednesday night. Other notable names of the field, Kurt Busch rolls off 11th, Jimmy Johnson and Joey Logano will be in row seven today. Chase Elliott starts 15th, could he win this race in his rookie year? His dad did it back in 2002. Matt Kenseth starts 18th, Jeff Gordon will start 21st today in the 88 car, filling in for Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, Danica Patrick rolls off 24th today. Uh, let's go to the phones, though, and bring in Tony from Clarence. He's on line one. Tony, good morning. Well, you know, in the past, I've always been a big Jeff Gordon fan anyway. Mm -hmm. But the point I'll make is he didn't come here to increase his legacy or uh, embellish or make do anything that would, you know, spotlight him. He's trying to help his teammate. Sure. Uh, and he's trying to help his team to get into the chase. I mean, he was asked to come back. I mean, this is going to cause him a lot of pain because he's not physically in shape to be in this car. In fact, he said it on TV 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is he's not doing it just to, just to, to, to make him look good. No. He's oh, yeah. Because he, he owes the team a favor. Look at all the times they stuck by him when he was not doing very well with in his races and uh, over the years, and they, they stuck with him. He's got to help them. That's, that's my whole opinion. I only think another thing is he lives in that area. Mm -hmm. he's, he's right from that Hammond. I think he's in Hammond. I'm not, I'm not positive, but I'm sure he's not far from the track. And uh, this will you know, make it a little bit special race, but... It's only for three races, and the whole point of that is you got to help. Uh, you got to help eighty-eight get into the chase, and if they don't get into the chase, well, it's all so be it. But he's racing to help his team, and that's all I'm going to say about that. And it's going to be a nice race. That that's the Brickyard is he's won it five times. I mean, you know, 
I think he's won it the most. I'm not sure. Yep, yep, he did. All right, Tony, thank you for the phone call. First off, I do want to point out one thing. Uh, he cannot help Dale Jr. get into the chase as a driver. I do want to point that out. Uh, there is a owner's championship and an owner's chase, so yes, that he can help the 88 team uh, make the the owners points chase, which does you know they do earn money in that. But for the drivers championship, uh, Jeff's results here the next two weeks have nothing to do with Dale Jr. making the chase. Basically, Jr.'s hope at this point will be uh, first off he'll get the waiver from NASCAR, which will be a no brainer. But then he'll either have to uh, stay in the top six, uh, top fifteen, sixteen in points, which could be a, a could be hard after missing three races, or if he comes when he comes back wins a race and finishes in the top 30 in points, kind of like how Tony Stewart's going to make the chase this year. Uh, that's how Dale Jr. is going to make the chase. But I do want to point that out that uh, if Jeff, say Jeff, were to win today, uh, the Dale Jr. does not it does not imp- impact his chase standing. Again, it does help the 88 team in Hendrick Motorsports uh, to, to qualify for the owner's chase, which uh, does have its own uh, championship and points money and all that too. So I just wanted to point that out. But you're exactly right. I... I Thank you for the call, um, Tony. I, I, I didn't want to make it sound like that Gordon was doing this for, for vanity. No, of course not. He's, uh, he was, you know, he, of course, he's doing uh, his, his boss, his friend, the man that gave him the big start in the sport, Rick Hendrick, a favor. That is exactly the reason why he's doing that. We're going to hear from Jeff here in just a moment, and he's going to explain more about that. But that is why he's doing it. I, I, I'm sorry if I didn't make it sound like he's not just doing this for for kicks he is only doing this to help out rick hendrick and dale Earnhardt jr a teammate and of course jeff is still a uh an, he still has an ownership stake in, in hendrick motorsports i believe he's listed uh as the owner of the 48 car on the entry forms every week so uh gordon is a part of hendrick motorsports so he's just helping out an organization he is involved with but it's not the fr- and it's it's not the first time this season and i don't know if this is in the the part of the interview that mike cut out but uh, earlier this year, when, when Tony Stewart mi- was going to miss the Daytona 500 because of that back injury, they went to Jeff Gordon and asked him if he would drive the 14 car at Daytona back in February. And Jeff declined because he had already had his commitments to Fox this year, and Fox had all this promotion. You know, with Jeff going to the broadcast booth, they didn't want to, uh, you know, like all that promotion, and then have not. J- have Jeff not be in the broadcast booth for the Daytona 500, so Jeff declined to drive in the 14. So this isn't the first time that Jeff Gordon has had an opportunity to drive a race car in 2016, uh, but he is uh, he is going to be starting the 88 car today. Uh, let, let's go to that sound. Uh, big thanks to producer Mike Jafari for cutting this up. This is from Friday at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This is Jeff Gordon and Rick Hendrick uh, speaking with the media at Indianapolis here on Fast Track. Jeff, tell us how you're feeling getting back. Well, I certainly woke up uh, feeling good when I saw Dale Jr.'s tweet, uh, you know, that he's seen progress, and I, I texted him right away as soon as I saw that. Uh, so that's great news, a uh, great way to start uh, the day. And, you know, I, I'm certainly a little overwhelmed with uh, everything that's happened over the last week, but most of all, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be able to, to be here and and. and help his team out you know this is his team and what we want most is to have him healthy and strong for the long term and uh, you know today was a, a great sign of things to come for him and and for me you know my goal is to come here and give this team the the, the best effort that, that I can and, and get them the best result and hopefully a good one Claire B. Lang Sirius XM NASCAR Radio 
Jeff, uh, I think there's no doubt that you can come here and win this race, that you won't forget how to drive here. But it's going to be so hot here, and you've been in the booth in the air conditioning. And, you know, what about the conditioning of being in the car, you know, at these extreme heats? And then, Rick, if you could also talk about how Dale is doing. You know, there's certainly a lot of preparation that goes into every race and every season uh, as a driver and as a team. And all I can tell you is I've done everything I possibly can over the last three days to get <laughs> ready for this race uh, the best way that I can. We'll, we'll find out... Um, you know, what, what kind of conditioning that, that, that I'm in. I mean, there's certainly going to be challenges this weekend, but all of them, you know, that I, I feel like I'm, I'm capable of doing. And, and, you know, Rick is, and the whole team has given me a lot of confidence uh, in myself by choosing me, you know, and, and, and asking me to do this. And um, I questioned Mr. H several times when he was asking me on the phone about this. And, um, you know, that, that confidence that they have in me and, and then to go spend time with the team Dale's got a great team. I mean, I, I'm so impressed with Greg Ives and everybody at the 88 team and everybody pitching at Hendrick Motorsports, um, you know, to get me comfortable, get me ready, uh, and and to have, uh, you know, the, the, the confidence in me. There's going to be challenges. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, qualifying is the first thing that comes to my mind, even before the heat. To me, the, the you know, qualifying, go lay down laps here to advance the second round, hopefully get the third round. Um, qualifying is very important here. You know, to do that in a short period of time uh, in, in the amount of practice that we have today in the heat of the day is, is going to be tough. And, you know, as far as hydration and all those things, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the most important thing for me is just making sure that hydration-wise that, that uh, you'll get through the race in good shape. They've, they've advanced a little bit since last year as far as cooling is concerned. So I actually have some air conditioning that, that actually cools things. So um, Jimmy Johnson's offered me his, his cool vest. So uh, they, they know that I'm old and I'm <laughs> not in the kind of shape that I was. But, um, you know, of any track that I can think of coming heat or no heat and, and come and do a good job for this team, it's right here at Indianapolis. Well, yeah, I think you, you saw the tweet this morning. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday he came by the shop and we got to visit. And uh, he looks good. He's, he he's encouraged. He's following the doctor's orders, and uh, we're really excited. And uh, so, you know, he's great spirits. He he wants to get back in the car. He wants to race, but he also knows that the the regimen they have him on will will get him right for a long time. And uh, so he's. He's following doctor's orders, but he's, I can tell he's getting antsy, but, uh, but he's going to do what they say. So he's doing well. Holly Kane, NASCAR.com. Jeff, if you could maybe talk about the decision to come back. Were you not on vacation or on your way back from France when a lot of this was going on? And what was Ingrid's response when you said, I think I'm going to get back in the car? Maybe if you could just share a little bit about the, the details of the decision and the approach by Mr. H to uh, have you do this. If I could scroll through my phone and look at the, 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 the text that I've gotten from Rick that say, call me. Uh, I can tell you that you sit down when you call him on those instances. It hasn't happened a lot, but the times that it has, it's usually something pretty big. I was in the south of France at that time, just, I was, I think, second day of, of our vacation. Ingrid and I uh, had, had planned a vacation to go over there. And uh, I get that text, and I looked at her, and I said, oh, boy, here we go. And so, you know, I had no idea, and, and when... He, Rick said to me, he said, 
are you coming to Indianapolis? And I said, yeah, I am. I'm coming on Saturday. He goes, well, you better bring your uniform. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And he said, and he started telling me, you know, about what was going on. I was like, you're messing with me. I know you're messing with me. You're not telling, you know, and, and, you know, I knew right away the seriousness after that, that he wasn't joking, that it was serious. And, um, you know, I, I, honestly, I didn't even have to think twice about it. I, when Rick calls, he has that confidence in me and asks me to, to step up, you know, and, and do something for the organization, whether it was drive or, or, or other responsibilities. Uh, you know, the way he's been there for me, the way this team and organization has been there for me over the years, uh, you know, I, I didn't anticipate this. This is certainly the last thing I thought was going to happen. But uh, when I knew it was Indianapolis, uh, I, 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 did, I didn't think twice about it, that, that I felt like, uh, you know, if, if there's one place that I was capable of doing it, it would be here. Uh, Bob Cocker, CSPN. Jeff, what, what good does this do for you? That you, you ended your career in such a kind of incredible fashion there at Homestead. Uh, what, what's in it for you? And Yeah, I don't think I'm thinking of it that way, Bob. It's really just, you know, looking at how my role, what, how I fit into Hendrick Motorsports and how it's played a role in my life over the years and, and you know, not just the partnership but the friendship, you know, that, that Rick and I have. Um, he, he's, he's never asked me for, you know, many things that, that I can contribute and help that uh, weren't valid and weren't something that I was proud to be able to, to, to do. So really this is just me um, helping out the organization and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens on Sunday. You know, if, if we're out there having fun and putting a good result together, I can tell you what's in it for me is, is to make that team proud uh, and not let them down. Uh, and that's what I did as a race car driver, and uh, it's what I do, you know, with, with my, my kids. It's what I uh, like to do in my involvement with Hendrick, and whether I'm in the booth or whatever I'm doing, you know, I like to make uh, people proud of, uh, of the effort that I put into it. So, um, and I've been, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, the last two days, I don't think I've ever put as much effort into preparing for a race uh, and crammed in all that I have in the last two days. So, you know, that process itself has been really interesting and, and, and exciting and fun and uh, has got me pretty fired up, you know, to, to get in the car and, and, and feel what it's like to be in there. I'm, I was at the GM simulator yesterday morning. Um, if we're racing simulators, I feel like I got a shot at winning this race. <laughs> uh, it went really well, but... Um, you know, just seeing the team and their attitude and, and their effort and, and willingness to, uh, you know, to, to put me in there and, and feel good about it, um, you know, that's motivating. There is Jeff Gordon and Rick Hendrick from fi Friday at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I don't, don't like to play just straight press conferences like that on the show. I like to try and get live guests, but I thought this was uh, one of the important ones that uh, it'd be good to hear just straight from Jeff's mouth like that instead of talking about what he said or, or speculating, but to hear him talk about it directly. And you you know, this uh, this is an important important deal for Jeff. He's not just going to go out there and have some fun. He's going to, you know, put on a good show, um, attempt to win the race, of course, but also just do uh, his best he can to give the 88 team a, a strong finish today in the Brickyard 400, and he'll go off from uh, the 21st uh, starting spot today in the field. My biggest question mark for Jeff today is, can he last? It is going to be hot in Indianapolis, and uh, hotter than I, 
if not just as hot as here in Buffalo, it's been the last couple of days hotter. I believe it, it's uh, going to be uh, around 90 in Indianapolis today. So those temps and those race cars are going to get into the 120s and 130s. They had the thermometers in the cars yesterday during the Xfinity race, and they would show them on TV on uh, NBC Sports Network, and you were seeing 124 degrees inside the cockpit of those cars. Now, Jeff is a seasoned veteran. Uh, you, you heard him talk about that even from last year to this year, some of the uh, – Air uh, conditioners, coolers they use for the drivers, cool suits, vest, uh, the the airflow into the helmet and everything has improved. He, he heard him talk about that. But he is still going to have to run 400 miles today at Indianapolis in that race car, in the heat, in his first start of the season, the first time he's been behind the wheel since November at Homestead. The rest of the field, these guys are all in mid-season form. You know They've been racing since February. They've already had uh, 18, 19 starts under their belt, so their bodies are a little more accustomed to running in these conditions, whereas Jeff uh, is, is going on about a week's prep, you know, week and a half preparation, uh, sitting in air-conditioned TV booths for the first half of the season. We'll see if Jeff can hold up for 400 miles. I, it's not like he's, I don't think he's going to need a backup drive or anything, but it's still going to be, I think, be a challenge for him at times. Uh, today to uh, to pull it off, and uh, I, I don't look for him to win today, but definitely uh, I'm sure you'll see him at so, at least at some point today inside the top ten, and maybe even uh, getting a, a chance to lead. It's so hard though with, with track position in Indianapolis to pass. We'll see how f- far to the front he can get from the 21st starting position, but uh, I'm sure uh, Jeff will uh, not be uh, running at the back of the pack. That is for sure. Again, 803-0551-888-552-550. Their big story of the week, of course, was the Truck Series race at Eldora on Wednesday night. One of the best events on the NASCAR schedule now in its fourth year. This is a must-watch event. Uh, probably for me, uh, for for a lot of us that are, are short track racing fans, dirt track racing fans, it makes it even more of a must-watch event. But I think just for the opportunity to see a major NASCAR National Touring Series on dirt is... It's still different to see after four years, but it's still awesome to watch. And uh, I think even if you're not a dirt racing fan, that you, you want to watch this race just for the unpredictability and just to see something out of the ordinary with a, a major NASCAR series. And again, a phenomenal show. Kyle Larson coming back from going a lap down. He cut a tire, caused a caution, had to go a lap down, but got a lucky break with uh, the lucky dog pass around, uh, free pass, got his lap back and drove through the field to win. Uh, finally, Kyle's tried so hard to win that race and the other times he has been in it, and uh, he finally broke through. Christopher Bell, who won the race last year, uh, sprint, uh, sprint car ace, finished second. Rico, Rico Abreu, another sprint car driver, midget car driver that's now running the truck series, he finished third. His truck was kind of out to lunch for most of the qualifying and heats and everything, but once we got once they got into feature mode, uh, the truck finally came to him, and he made a, a late run through the field to finish third. Uh, Jake Griffin, Tyler Reddick rounding out the top five. Your top five finishers, all dirt race, dirt track drivers that have that cut their teeth or still regularly compete on dirt. No surprise there. They all finish in the top five. Uh, Cole Custer, Cameron Haley, Daniel Hemrick, Austin Wayne Self, and Matt Crafton rounded out the top ten finishers. And uh, one other notable name in the field that we want to mention, a gentleman that we had on the show here a couple weeks ago, Stuart Friesen. Unfortunately, finished 28th, but had a remarkable day. Was running in the top five until motor issues on his uh, Hallmar International truck uh, took him out of contention. But Stewart was having a very impressive uh, first career Camping World Truck Series start. Uh, practice well in the top 10, top 12 in practice. 
qualified seventh overall, finished third in his heat, made the made the main event even without owner's points to fall back on, and was involved in an early race incident and still came back and was running fifth until the the truck uh, the engine inside that truck uh, gave up on him unfortunately, but a very impressive run for Stuart Friesen. Glad to see that he had such a good night up until the uh, the engine problems took him out of contention, but he certainly, uh, like the other drivers we mentioned that finished the top five, those with a dirt racing background obviously had the upper hand, and I think part of it was that this year the, the track surface, the, the clay that Tony Stewart and the folks at Eldora Speedway, they prepared it a little bit differently than in years past. Usually you see a, a flat, dry track that uh, you know doesn't really resemble most dirt tracks it was it's almost pavement like, but this year they uh, it was more like a traditional dirt track where uh, it was a little bit slick early on in the day. Uh, the built up a cushion which you usually don't see for this event, and obviously that played into the hands of those drivers that had significant dirt track experience. You also see saw Bobby Pierce uh, nearly win the race um, until uh, so a late issue with a flat tire and not being able to put the truck in reverse took him out of contention. Another dirt track guy that uh, ran really well. But uh, that was it was fun to see a, a more traditional uh, dirt track, uh, dirt surface put down for the trucks at Eldora on Wednesday night. Speaking of dirt track racing, when we get back. We'll talk to Clinton Jeffrey from the Humberstone and Ashwiken Speedways in the Super Dirt Car Series. Lots of stuff to talk about with Clinton. Plus, time for your phone calls too. Thanks for uh, Tony that called in earlier. 803-0551-888-550-2550. Again, what is the storyline you're looking forward to today most? Is it Jeff Gordon driving the 88? Is it Tony Stewart's last race at the Brickyard? What are you watching for today too? Love to hear from you as we get back here on Fast Track on WGR. 11.34 here on WGR, Sports Radio 550, Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track. We'll have the 23rd running of the Brickyard 400 on WGR today. As Mike said in his update, coverage starts at 2. Green flag uh, just after 3 o'clock this afternoon. A dual production courtesy of the IMS Radio Network and the Performance Racing Network. Doug Rice will uh, anchor the call, but you'll have appearances from some folks from the IMS Radio Network, including track historian Donald Davidson, I'm sure, of course. He is always a... Uh, a delight to listen to, uh, full of uh, great knowledge about the uh, long history of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And um, the, what a facility, but just not accustomed to, to stock car racing, of course. Um, it, it's been a challenge to, the last few years to put on a good show, unfortunately. Hopefully, uh, with some of the downforce tweaks that they've done to the cup cars, we can see a little bit of improved uh, product, but it's amazing over the the history of this event. Twenty three years now, going back to or twenty four years, going back to um, excuse me, twenty two years. I'm bad at math this morning. Uh, going back to the first event back in 1994, and just the excitement surrounding it. And that event kind of peaked like in the early 2000s, and just as th- that also happened at the same time that the, you had the IndyCar Kart IRL split. And the, the Indianapolis 500 lost its it lost its support and enthusiasm, and the Brickyard became the big draw at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway there right around the turn of the century. And then in the last 10 years or so, you've had that shift back to where the Indy 500 is now the main show at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and the Brickyard now has been hurting for fans over the last 10 or so years, while the, the Indy 500 just kind of hit its peak this year with the 100th running of the greatest spectacle in racing. Uh, it hit its peak this year with a sold-out speedway and everything, but it's just amazing uh, 
the the history there at Indianapolis over the last 22 years, when you look at those two events and, and the peaks and valleys the sports of IndyCar racing and stock car racing have had uh, over that time. Uh, we'll have time for your phone calls at 803-0550, but let's go to the AT&T hotline and bring in my good buddy Clinton Jeffrey from the Humberstone and Ashwikan Speedways and the Super Dirt Car Series. Clinton, good morning. How you holding up this morning? Dude, how you doing, brother? Things are going very well for us. How are things with you? Doing great. Uh, you've been a, a busy man, my friend. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday at Eldora, Thursday at Sharon, back at Ashwikan on Friday, and now uh, getting ready to put on a show at Humberstone tonight. Let's go back to Eldora, though. Uh, how, how cool was that, seeing the Super Dirt Car Big Block Modifieds back at Eldora? I think it was very special. I don't think the uh, significance of what it meant for the Modifieds was lost on any of the teams or the officials. Um, very important uh, race for us to get back there to such a storied place like Eldora. And, man, they just flew around there. Uh, there was no thought that they might have disappointed, and they certainly didn't. Um, the big blocks were an amazing show both days, Tuesday and Wednesday last week at Eldora. Yeah, Tim Fuller and uh, Matt Shepard uh, getting the, the wins there. Uh, Wednesday they got to kind of be the support division of the Camping World Truck Series. Uh, how tight of a show was it on Wednesday, Clinton? I know they cut cut it from three heats. They had to kind of combine it to two heats to kind of help keep the show moving along. But just what what a crazy scene was that working with the NASCAR folks on Wednesday. <laughs> Well, I thought Doug Leonard was going to have a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> they, they were on him pretty tough. And, you know, the, the issue there was you're on live TV with the Camping World trucks. So if track prep got pushed back 10 minutes, the only person they cut into was the modified because the truck still <laughs> had everything on cue. So one of the sessions didn't uh, get the time the way it was supposed to originally. But, you know, they threw an audible. And I got to say the Super Dirt Car Series um, came up with a great plan quickly still work to accommodate everybody. And I think all the modifieds understood what the purpose of that was, was support. And we were kind of laughing about it because where else does the Super Dirt Car Series go that they're kind of, you know, the support division <laughs> afterthought. It doesn't ever happen. So we kind of laughed about that and understood, understood this, like I said, the significance of just being a part of that. Sure. Um, you got to realize there are thousands and thousands of NASCAR people there who have never seen a dirt modified, a Northeast modified. So I think we really opened up the ideas. And I, the talk around Eldora was that, wow, these things are pretty cool. And, you know, no matter where you're from, nothing looks meaner than a big block modified in my books. Definitely. So, and, and then I got to ask you about the truck race. Uh, was it basically kind of like, like the hometown uh, fans, uh, you know, just cheering on uh, Stuart Friesen and J.R. Hefner during that truck race? Um, I'll be honest with you, Dave. We were done, so we had our big race Tuesday, the Super Dirt Car Series race that uh, Fuller won. And then the next time we came back, and it was only 25 laps, and then we had the Camping World Truck. So I got to become a fan. I went up and sat in the grandstands with a lot of the local Niagara fans, uh, a lot of different series and fans who all grew up here with Stuart. And, man, we had a great time cheering on Stuart. And i got to tell you, he put on one heck of a show there. We were, it was so disappointing to see the oil cooler break because I think Stu definitely had a top five car, and uh, we all had the feeling he was waiting to pounce. So it was a, a very a letdown for us. I can't imagine what it meant for Stewart and the crew to have it go the way it did. Clinton Jeffrey joining us from Humberstone and Oshweek and Speedways in the Super Dirt Car Series. Uh, real quick before we talk about tonight, tomorrow, just give give me a quick a quick uh, uh, description of Sharon Speedway. Never been there before. The Super Dirt Car Modifieds were there on Thursday. Jimmy Phelps got the win. Just describe Sharon Speedway for us and over there in Ohio. Oh, if you've never been, gorgeous, gorgeous place. 
I mean, just the way it's set up with the grandstands and uh, the concessions and the VIP suites, it's, it's a perfect building. You know, I looked at that, and I came home, and I was thinking, that's what I got to do at my home track. We got to get one of those things built. This <laughs> building was just amazing. Track was racy. It was perfect size. Uh, the pits were spacious, big. The food was unbelievable. So, I, I mean, I go to a lot of places. I'm not a big foodie, but I couldn't believe the prices and the quality of the food they had there. Um, you know, just unbelievable. If you've never been to Sharon, definitely worth the trip. And they're good racers down there. I mean, they've got some good modified guys, and, you know, it was uh, it was exciting to see that go down as well. And uh, amazing car counts for those events, too. O- o- nearly 60 modifieds at Eldora and uh, almost 50 at uh, Sharon, so strong turnout for the Super Dirt Car Series. Well, Clinton, you're right back at it. The fun doesn't stop for you. Uh, tonight, the Humberstone Speedway, the Go Nuclear Late Models, and that should be a good show tonight up there in Port, Port Colborne. Yeah, I mean, we run the late models weekly, and, and uh, the local guys have really picked up their game. So when we bring in the Go Nuclear Tour tonight, and, of course, they're backed up again tomorrow at our weekend. So we expect the, the Go Nuclear guys to bring a few travelers in, and we're expecting car counts of upwards of 24 to 30 cars tonight. Um, I, I would uh, let anybody know if you've never seen the late models at Humberstone. It'll be a great show tonight. Uh, they always seem to put on amazing events when the tour comes to town. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the Go Nuclear guys tonight. And you guys at Humberstone, you, Bobby Davidson, Linda Costco, uh, with, with all the families been through the last couple of years, uh, I saw Larry Ott's shout-out in the Buffalo News on Monday. Car counts are up this year. You guys are putting on some good shows from what I hear. I mean, yeah, Bobby really fixed the track last year, put a bunch of new clay on it at the start of the season. And the racing's been unbelievable at Humberstone. If you haven't been able to see what we're doing there, on a Sunday night, Dave, you worked with us for about four years. You know how fast we run that show. Mm-hmm. At 6.30, we're typically out by 9.30, quarter to 10. 10 is the latest if we can push it through. Uh, we understand the value of getting the families home early on a Sunday. So, yeah, if you've never been out to Humberstone, great family uh, entertainment in that region. And, you know, the prices are great. And if you're on the U.S. side, with the exchange, it makes it even more, you know, enticing to come over because your money's worth even more. And then Monday and Tuesday, you got this uh, Casey Kane guy. I've heard of him before, and he's he's running sprint cars at Ashwikin Monday and Tuesday. Tell us the story on how you got Casey Kane to come to Ashwikin Speedway. Well, I'll start with a tweet. He won at Lincoln, Pennsylvania, back in March, and you know Ashwikin. We've always tried to do marquee events. We had Tony Stewart for a few years in the past, and Casey won at Lincoln, and he tweeted. And I'm not a big Twitter guy, but I. I somehow managed to cobble a Twitter back to him and said, hey, it would be great to see you in Canada. What, what would it take to get you up here to race with the Outlaws in the 360s on our big event? And he said, I would love to do it. So then I said, you know, we sent back one more tweet. He replied again. So I called his people. We started talking. And now here we are the day before. He actually flies in tonight, I'm told. Um, and we're excited to have him. I'm expecting a huge crowd. Ticket sales have been absolutely crazy. Um so he's going to race with our 360 sprints tomorrow, and then we have the World of Outlaws and the 350 modifies on Tuesday. He'll race with the Outlaws uh, in a 410. So two days of Casey Kane in a sprint car, and we're excited to see it. You know, we've had a lot of new winners in the World of Outlaws there. Stuart Friesen, we talked about him earlier. He won his first Outlaw race at our weekend last year. Tony Stewart won his first Outlaw race there. So it is a place for first, mm-hmm. the Outlaws. And, and I'm sure that might have played into Casey's mind a little bit to figure hey, these guys got their first outlaw win there. Maybe it is neutral ground where the outlaws don't have a ton of experience where he can get out there and take a shot at grabbing his 
first ever, which would be a very prestigious win if he could grab an outlaw win. Now I'm assuming Casey will drive one of his own cars for the outlaw race. What what is he got a, a his own car for tomorrow, or who's giving him a 360 car for for tomorrow's show? How it worked out is we offered him a car, but he's going to run his own car with a rented 360 from his engine builder. So okay. that way they know what they're getting. They put together a solid piece. And, uh, you know, Tony Stewart won the Monday show and the Tuesday show a few years ago. So it is possible for him to come in and run well with our guys. And I know all of our um, cool kids, ice and water, core pack, sprint guys are ready to, to do battle with Casey. We have a lot of guys coming out who aren't, you know, dedicated weekly. Uh, coming out to race with us, and with our open draw system, we could have anywhere upwards of 30 cars to race with him tomorrow night as well. Yeah, it should be a good show both nights, and some great support divisions too. Again, the 360 sprint cars with the Race of Champions Sportsman and Go Nuclear Late Models on Monday and Tuesday. What what a doubleheader with the World of Outlaw sprint cars, of course, but also anytime you can go see the, the, three, the any kind of dirt modifieds at Ashwikin, that's always a fantastic show too. Clinton, uh, t- are tickets still available? I know camping's sold out. If fans uh, still want to get tickets for tonight or tomorrow, tell us how they can do it besides going to the track. Well, they've chopped down another field, so we've opened up more camping. Uh, <laughs> so if you need camping, log on to the website, osweekenspeedway.com, or the phone number would be 519-717-0023. But one thing I want to mention, Dave, and especially to your audience, for the Thunderstock race Monday, we have opened that up to be an invitational. So Ransomville cars are allowed to run. Ransomville cars in their entirety come up, have a good time, and for all divisions that run in the Northern Crate Nationals tomorrow, the Burger Barn sponsored event, what we have is if you race with a Crate 602 motor or any type of GM Crate engine in your late model, uh, sportsman, street stock, you get entered in a draw where we're going to give away tomorrow a brand-new 602 GMC Crate engine from our sponsor at Strickland. They're going to walk away with it. Not a coupon, not a promise. The motor will be there, brand-new in the crate. So if you race with a crate motor at the crate nationals, we enter you in a draw. Somebody's going to walk away with a brand-new 602 motor also, Dave. And the Ransomville Street Stock guys are eligible to run with us for the first time ever. Uh, amazing job, uh, you and Glenn Styers and all the crew up there at Ashwikan do a phenomenal job. It is definitely uh, one of the elite dirt facilities uh, in the Northeast. Good luck. Hopefully a, a great uh, this great weather continues for you tomorrow, uh, tonight at Humberstone and then tomorrow and Tuesday at Ashwikan. And uh, we'll see you at Ransomville a week from Tuesday for the Summer Nationals. Busy times, my friend. I'm super excited, David. You know I grew up around here going to Ransom, Maryville, so be one of the voices of the Super Dirt Car Big Block Series this year. Mega exciting for me to get back to Maryville and Ransomville. So I can't wait to work with uh, my friends at both those places again, and yourself included. It's going to be awesome a week from uh, Tuesday. Sounds good. Thanks for the time, bud. Have fun. Thanks, David. Have a great day, and thank you, everybody. Lots of great picks available. Hope to see you there. All right, Clinton Jeffrey from the Humberstone and Ashwikan Speedways. Again, Casey Kane at Ashwikan Speedway. Monday and Tuesday night racing sprint cars. Uh, if you've never been up to Ashwikan, it's uh, it's near Hamilton. Uh, you can take the QEW to Hamilton, or you can just take uh, Highway 3 straight on through. Uh, for more information, ashwikanspeedway.ca. We come back, uh, some more local racing action. We'll hit the local racing roundup, plus squeezing a few more phone calls, too, at 803-0551. 888-550-2550 as we wrap up Fast Track here on WGR. Hey, race fans, it's Dave Buchanan from my friends at Batavia Downs. Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination and the place looking phenomenal ever since they renovated the, the main entrance and the gaming floor at the Batavia Downs. It is a uh, 
fantastic facility they have there in Batavia. While you're there, check out all the great games, including all the movie and TV-themed games like Family Guy, Hangover, Titanic, Sex in the City, Michael Jackson, ZZ Top, Wheel of Fortune. They've got them all there inside Batavia Downs. Also stop by 34 Rush. That's Thurman Thomas' the sports bar right inside Batavia Downs Gaming. Check out all of Thurman's memorabilia on display, including his Hall of Fame jacket, jerseys he wore during his playing days here in Buffalo. Grab yourself a bite to eat or a beverage or two and watch some sports, too, on all the TVs. Uh, baseball, horse racing, car racing, uh, uh, the summer games coming up. They'll have it all on all the HD TVs there inside 34 Rush. They've also got that gigantic projection screen that we had the chance to watch the uh, Martinsville race on earlier this year. That was really great to see that giant 15-foot projection screen in action also they have fortunes italian restaurant right inside batavia downs too if you're looking for a nice dinner out with your significant other batavia downs gaming is open daily 8 a.m until 4 a.m off through a exit 48 right in batavia and for more information you can follow batavia downs gaming on facebook and twitter for up-to-date info on all of their promotions and discover why batavia downs gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination and tell them you heard them right here on fast track Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. And we'll start with the action uh, Thursday night. State Line Speedway had a special show on Thursday. It was a big one for the Super Late Models, and I had the results. Here, there they go. Super Late Model feature winner was Max Blair over Robbie Blair, Dave Hess, Doug, Heck, they, uh, Doug Eck. Uh, they had a good turnout, including uh, Chubb Frank showed up from the World of Outlaw Late Models. A good turnout of Super Late Models. Also, Kirk Bradley got the win in the E-Mods. And Dave Shagla Jr. got the win in the street stocks. Friday Night Action, Ransomville Speedway. Eric Rudolph decided to, to show up and picked up his fifth win of the year. He was eventually going to run at Lernerville on Friday, but they rained out early in the day. Uh, also, Chris Burek got the win in the Sportsman. Billy Bleach got win number four in the street stocks. Mike Kramars in the four bangers. And Daryl Borkenhagen getting the win in the uh, Novice Sportsman, Lancaster National Dragway, Joe Masulo in top eight, Jeff Subchinski in top ET, Ryan Rickettson getting his second win of the year in Mod ET, uh, Brian Babiak in Sleds and Bikes, Tim Markle got his third win of the year in Street ET. Uh, they are drag racing today at Lancaster, actually. Time trial start at noon, special Bikes and Sled show. Uh, Freedom Motorsports Park, Friday night, Kyle Inman. He's, uh, he had a great weekend, including Friday night in the Sportsman at Freedom where he got the win. Uh, over Brad Rouse and Cody McPherson, Bill Holmes in the Rush Late Models, Randy Taylor in the Street Stocks, and Billy Dubois in the uh, in the Mini Stocks there at Freedom on Friday night. Let's go to the Saturday night action and start with Holland Speedway as picking up the win. Mark Hoke in the Chargers, Richard Woodland in the Canadian Outlaw Midgets, Ben Russo in the Hornets, Carl Villardo the Fourth in the Legends, Daryl Lombardo in the Rookie Fours, and Jim Steins in the Figure eights. Genesee Speedway last night. I told you Kyle Inman had a good week, and he also won the sportsman race at Genesee on Saturday over Mark Loveland. Jim Johnson, uh, I love Rich Vleck's headline for his press release. He said Jim Johnson owns Genesee Speedway because, well, he owns it, both figuratively and literally. He owns the place, and he also owned the crate late model feature last night as he picked up the win in his first start of the season. Tommy Kemp in the 360 late models, Byron DeWitt in the street stocks, Dante Mancuso in the mini stocks, and Cole Hicks in the Bandits Lancaster Speedway last night. Uh, picking up the win, Amy Catalano in the Sportsman. Andy Cryan, first career street stock win. Joe Brunka, first career four-cylinder win. And Andy Nye picked up the win in the TQ Midgets at Lancaster on Saturday. Merrittville Speedway, double features for them from a rainout earlier this year. What's a rainout? I haven't heard too many of those this year. Uh, four-cylinder, Sam Iftati had the rain-delayed feature win. Kyle Rothwell won the regular feature. 
Uh, Peter Reed swept the Hoosier Stock features. Justin Sharp and Rob Knapp split the Sportsman features. Josh Schleider and Chris Watson won the Mod Light features. First career win for Chris Watson. And the Modifieds, the real deal Chris Steele got the win in the uh, Slack family-owned number three. And Gary Lindbergh picked up, uh, I believe, win number two on his uh, rookie season in the 358 Modifieds there. Merrittville, busy, busy show last night for them. Uh, also, state line speedway last night. Dave Shagless, second win of the weekend in the street stocks. Andy Proper in the challengers. Damian Bidwell in the crate late models. Troy Johnson in the e-mods. Dan Nocero Jr. in the sports. And Rich Gardner in the super lates. And Kelly Frederis in the uh, pro modifieds. Hope I didn't butcher that one too badly. Uh, as I said, a Humberstone Speedway in action tonight with their program, including the uh, Go Nuclear late model tour last weekend at... Um, uh, Humberstone, it was uh, Chad Chevalier getting the win in the Sportsman. Dennis Lunger Jr. got the win in the late models there last weekend at Humberstone Speedway. That'll do it. We'll be back next week with another program here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Don't forget the race coming up at 2 o'clock today here on WGR. Pre-race coverage at 2. Uh, green flag just after 3 o'clock as we'll see if uh, Tony Stewart or Jeff Gordon can uh, go back to Victor Lane at the Brickyard or we'll see if somebody else can pick up the victory. Should be a good show. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.